don't take my word for it, but ask the hard questions like, who benefits from this? Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Well, welcome, you guys. We are here uh, with a brand new episode, and we are super excited. We're going to just kind of talk about a bunch of different things, and hopefully the Holy Spirit will just kind of make them all fit together. And uh, Lindsay is here in the house. Hey, everybody. And we have Amy from Eyes on the Right. Hi, good to be here. And uh, if you guys hadn't checked out her new podcast, please do. I mean, actually, some of the stuff I want to talk about, I got from her two of her podcasts, and uh, it's it's awesome. I mean, it, it takes her Instagram page up to the next level and gives good content to, to chew on. Yeah. So fills it out. Yeah. Thank you. Hit hit that you know subscribe button to her podcast and support Amy with that. Oh, uh, thank you. Endeavor. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. Um, where do we start? Uh, you know where I want to start, and and this will get us into. I want to talk about your thoughts of the woman on the plane. Yeah, and, and and then I kind of want to go into the reptilians and and then trafficking and okay and 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 you know just kind of take it and you know um, can we go that direction? Is that okay, Amy? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm yeah. open to whatever you guys want to talk about. So let's jump in. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. So that woman on the plane that 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 came out and uh, there's been you know uproar both ways that you know she's it's legit. She saw something. It was a reptilian or whatever. Then there's been, she was a, what, what kind of actress is it called? A crisis actor? Yeah. Actress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been all these theories that have been out there about her. And that's going to touch on the last thing that I want to talk about. Um, okay. So we'll get to that. But, uh, so let me ask you this question. Amy, what do you think about the the woman on the plane? That whole incident? Yeah. Well, um, basically... What really struck me first when I watched the video, because it went viral really quickly. So that to me was kind of a red flag. I was like, okay, is there something more here? You know, we've kind of been, as the years have gone by, we've kind of looked at these sort of events a little differently, I would say, or or hopefully we have, Mm -hmm. but I kind of sat back. I saw it. I I wanted to see what other people that I, I kind of follow were saying. And, um, I didn't, I mean, at first I just thought, geez, like that's interesting, you know, um, and then once I kind of pulled back and people were sending me a, a lot of different TikTok videos of someone who was apparently on the plane, um, their take on it, it was just something smelled a little fishy. So w- did she see something on there that made her freak out? Potentially, maybe. But do I think that there's probably a, a deeper, bigger agenda here? I lean more towards that. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of my initial thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I I I think I did too. What did you think, Lindsay? Did you lean more towards that something bigger is going on there? I'm still not sure, to be honest. Um, there's just so much to look at. There's that still photo of the the sort of Baphomet thing, but 
I was thinking. Yeah, I don't buy that. Yeah, I mean, how I could that, that? I mean, if you, you look at the, the video, video, you couldn't have seen <laughs> that. I mean, that, that's yeah. one of those things you could only right. see if you separated the still photo. So I'm not sure about that. She sounded upset um, to me. But she yeah. was under the influence of alcohol, you guys. And yeah. from my experience. He went live several times to purposely kind of bring attention to it. Like he went live on his Instagram page. And so I don't know. I just, it just was weird. Um, I think that there's this one guy that I follow who kind of breaks this stuff down. And he was talking about the still frame where she's doing the up and down of the Baphomet. And mm-hmm. he he's like, I'm a professional videographer. This is what I do for a living. He's like the fact that, and he, he was the one where I got the picture from because he's like broke it down still frame by still frame. But he's like the way she's positioned and where the person was filming her, it was almost like a setup because it was so perfectly filmed mm. that um, it just, it struck this person strange having a background in that. So I took that into consideration as I saw this. And, you know, I had several people say, oh, well, you know, here in the South in Dallas, you know, we point with two fingers and <laughs> maybe she was an ex airline stewardess, you know, um, and that could all very well be true. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that these things are presenting themselves more in, in different, you know, areas in the world and kind of in different types of, um, environments, if you will, we've been hearing about this for a long time. And so, is this a deeper agenda that they're trying to push to get a fascination going with the reptilians or, you know, is it something else? Is it kind of a, you know, psyop if you will? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I've even heard theories that, uh, there was some sort of an Android or a, a AI like Terminator. I mean, I'm just using that as an example, like a Terminator type Android on board. And they're trying to like, infiltrate them into the airline system because that's where airports are where you get all different types of people and to see if anybody you know recognizes them or not which that'll lead to an interesting topic i want to talk about in a, in a in a second but yeah i i you're right about the bathroom thing and that now that i think about it the the, the frame of it and how it was yeah. filmed and and all that kind of stuff you know and yeah there 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 is definitely something um, there was a purpose there, whether it was, you know, deliberate in a psyop or, you know, or it was a reptilian or whatever. It, yeah. That whole, that, that, that makes sense. The whole filming of it, the framing of it, it was too perfect. You're right about that. So, I mean, they right. had, they had their, their camera at just the right time to get the right, you know? Yeah. Does anybody remember? See, I want to say there was a picture of the guy he had on like a hoodie and, but who knows if that was yes. actually him? I don't know. Well, there's so many memes yeah. out there now. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, Millie Vanilli. I did kind of funny. Yeah. Well, the I like the one with uh, Zuckerberg that that I put out there. It's like, it's like she looks down the aisle. There's Zuckerberg at the end of anyway. So, so but, that's uh, funny. Yeah. Well, you know, he's notorious well, for being called a reptilian or a android, or right because he's like Data right. from Star Trek. I mean, he really is. I mean, he's very yeah yeah very stoic. Well, no, exactly. And I think, I think, you know, and I, this, this brings up a great conversation because, and, and we can start from there, right? Like I try to share with people, don't take my word for it, but ask the hard questions. Like mm-hmm. who benefits from this? Who with them pushing a reptilian, let's just say it's an agenda, right? right? 
How do they benefit from this? Is there anything in the bigger picture that they could use to manipulate, you know, the society and and the people to formulate a, a concept or a fear or a fascination with, um, you know, reptilians? And I think we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, see that there was some sort of kind of push towards this fascination, mm-hmm. especially with the the recent UFO stuff and yeah. mm-hmm. all of that kind of coming to light. Is there kind of this drive to manipulate emotions about this kind of paranormal stuff, right? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you run into, and I'm sure you've heard of this, you run into the whole concept of Project Bluebeam. I mean, yeah. are, are, are the UAPs or UFOs that we're encountering the real ones or, or are they a Project Bluebeam scientific, you know, uh, psyop experiment, and and this right. this really leads to something. And, and Lindsay, jump in, please, with this because this is so awesome. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Amy, but it's incredible. It's, you ever heard of the Uncanny Valley before? No, I haven't. Okay, what is that? All right, yeah, okay. The Uncanny Valley was discovered by a Japanese guy. I can't remember his name. I should have written it down, but was discovered. It, it is a video game term has since led to wider applications okay uh the guys that have cut have come up with it they what what how they discovered it is they were trying to invent video games that look accurate that would fool the human being a human being that uh, it's not a video game that it's like real people and uh okay so what they've come up with because they're evolutionists is that evolution has come up with this but my i mean i'm not an evolutionist like that i believe god created the world and so i believe that basically what it is is god has created us in one of our um and this is brain science and i love it and and i think it's in the amygdala i'm not sure don't quote me on that but in in one of our little parts of our brain we have this natural god-given gift to be able to tell a real human being from a fake human being and oh wow! It's called yeah, exactly. It's called the uncan- <laughs> uncanny valley. So God has wow. gifted us in our biology to be able to tell the real from the fake. So now you throw this yeah. into the story with this woman, and mm-hmm. you know, um, even if it was a psyop, you know, uh, it, it could have been a psyop, and she was not involved in it, mm-hmm. right? You you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they have they have those all the time. I, I think a lot of the the uh, I hope I don't get put it, but a lot of those pew pew pews at uh school school schools are are uh you know psyop with mixed people who don't know about it and people who do yeah you know everybody doesn't and, have to be uh, in on it for it to work you know that yeah absolutely oh that's such a great point you are so right I mean from a kid who was really gullible yeah. and was the kid that everybody well, could get to do well stuff. Well, I know everybody is getting red pilled nowadays. However, you know, for years people weren't, and there still are. They're 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 sheeple, you know. And and I don't mean yeah. that ugly because I've been one in in different areas and just just imbibed every bit of it. But but I just thought that was a fascinating thing. This this whole idea or concept of the uncanny valley that even in our biology, God has given us a method of discernment to be able to yeah. tell a, a a real human being from a fake human being. So that leaves us with why, like you said, right. Amy, why would God give us that that biological uh, ability to be able to do that? Because mm. we're going to need it at some point. <laughs> oh yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's I love that. I think that's really interesting. And 
You know, it's funny if I can just touch on this for a quick second. When I first started to kind of learn about kind of this androgynous agenda, right? Where, right. you know, you know that, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really started to study the bone structure and you even think about that and how specific God was mm-hmm. with how the bones look differently in a male and female. And why? I mean, because he knew that one day they would be trying to deceive others with trying to pretend they're this opposite gender. And as I started to learn this, I'm telling you, it's like I was able to to discern it so quickly. And I, I didn't come out there and say, oh, well, this person is and this person isn't, you know, a biological male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my own mind, because I had this internal kind of discernment and I saw it now for what it was, it was a lot easier to spot. And so perhaps that's part of this too, is, you know, once we kind of are awakened to it in the sense of like, oh, wow, this is a thing, then that, that part of us that God created can be heightened to discern it better. I don't know if that made any sense. But oh, that made yeah. perfect sense. Got you. Okay, <laughs> good. And I think another part of the agenda is to, is to make, as we say down here in the South, make it clear as mud. <laughs> And, you know, <laughs> I, I think it, it, it's a combination of all of the above. You know, you have the psyops, you have the real thing, you have the, the you know, and it's all, all goes back to the satanic agenda and the, you know, yeah. the, the, the secret society agenda. And, but, but yeah, I, I think just getting, I mean, look at AI, look at, uh, I mean, right now we can discern the pictures that are AI. I saw something on Facebook yesterday. It really kind of freaked me out. It was a, a maybe y'all have seen it. It was a lady with a quilt who made a quilt that was like a wormhole to hell. And it was, I mean, I instantly Ooh. looked at it and knew it was a, a, uh, AI. And most people did, you know, you did, but it still looked really real. And wow. so, yeah. And, and then, you know, deep fakes, we know that that technology, I know that technology personally has been around for years from a personal acquaintance who used to work for stuff. I mean, we're talking like 10 years ago, there was deep fake stuff going on. And uh, way wow. before we quote had the technology to do it, and uh, so I guess what I'm trying to, to sum all that up is that is it's clear as mud, and I think that's confusion. That's how we know the Lord of Darkness mm-hmm. likes to operate is through confusion and darkness. And uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with S. Uh, sub- subterfuge, you know, muddy in the mm, waters. That's a good word, and all that <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Well, that 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 leads into the next topic, which will lead it to another. Okay, let's 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 let's. If you don't mind, because I need this, and I, I don't, Lindsay probably knows more about this than I do. Uh, I need like a basic one-on-one on reptilians and and that theory. And and can you give that to us? Well, I can try to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's all. We want. I actually don't know much about reptilians, so I need to hear this too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can do my best, um, my best effort to do that. But I think there's still a lot of mystery um, surrounding this. But you know, if we if we start with the Bible and we kind of look back throughout the Bible, you see this evidence of serpents, reptiles, dragons, etc., permeated all throughout the Bible. I mean, even if you're not a Christian, you know that, right? Like you've got right. the serpent in the garden. You've got Leviathan, the great sea serpent, sea dragon. You've got the great dragon, who is also called the devil, um, rising up out of the sea. I mean, there's all these references to this serpent reptilian 
type creatures. And I still think there's so much mystery around this, but when you start to kind of come into modern day and you, and I know you guys listen to blurry creatures. I do too. I was just talking to Nate yesterday. Um, and we were discussing some of this stuff about some of his guests that he's had on, um, his podcast. And, you know, we would be totally aloof if we didn't take some of these modern day stories and at least consider them, at least be open to them. And you have people all around the world saying these similar things mm-hmm. about, you know, these types of hybrid creatures and all, me, all different characters, oh, all different characteristics too. That's what I want to point out. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's not yeah. like I had a pastor friend that basically said, Oh, there's a, it's a certain uh, psychological profile for a person who is, is abducted slash our SRA is slash sees these things. And, and I, I've just, that has been busted out of the water for me. I don't, I do not believe that yeah. at all. There's so many different types of people. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, that's an excellent add in. I, I agree. I think we have to, we have to look at some of these things that aren't spelled out specifically in the Bible and bring them to the Lord and say, okay, what do I do with this information? And this is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you think of Moses in the wilderness when he raised up that staff with the serpent on it and how that represented Jesus as taking on the curse, right? Like mm-hmm. for us on the tree and um, you see this permeating through all ancient religions too: serpents, dragons, sea monsters. I mean, we, we have to look at this in a different way. And I don't know, I think to kind of answer your question simplistically is it's hard to tell. We know that based on Enoch one, if you guys, if you guys read that and take that as an extra biblical writing, that's valid, mm-hmm. uh, which I do. I we, think we it do is. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and you look at what these angels, fallen angels were doing, they were corrupting mankind. And you've got all sorts of different kind of categories and hierarchies of the kind of satanic realm as well. So you, is there this crossbreeding that was going on? Is there something more with this kind of reptilian type um, creature? And I, I don't know, why did they worship it all throughout antiquity? Why mm. does the Pope have in one of his auditoriums this blatant serpent symbolism. I'm sure you guys have seen that picture. Oh, have you yeah. seen that? Yeah. Where yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll send it to you, Lindsay. Um, but it's like, why is this serpent reptile type creatures, why why are they so revered throughout antiquity? There's something more to it. So I, I mean simplistically, I mean, that's the best I can do because I just think that there's just way too much. And I have some stories about, you know, kind of the stuff that I've uncovered myself, but to, to just answer that question, I mean, I think there's a lot of gray there. There's a lot of like mystery still that, that Mm -hmm. we just don't know. We just Mm -hmm. don't know. Yeah. My, my, my kind of theory on that is about the gray is I, I believe that, that there's black and white in the world. However, I think God is the only one that really sees black and white. We in our fallen nature still, we still see things gray and we can't come, even with the scriptures, because the scriptures yeah. don't elucidate everything. We have to use them as a guide, a, a rule, a canon, so to speak, to, to right. weigh and measure out things when it's not, a, you know, a command like thou shalt not deal with reptilians or something. You know what I mean? You know, it's just, it's, <laughs> right. just, it's just not there. And, and we'll get into that later on. But uh, Lindsay, you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say it's interesting. There's a 
animated film out right now. I, I saw the trailer to it. I don't know if I'm probably not going to watch it, but called The Dragon Prince. Hmm. Where it's, I mean, watch it when y'all get a chance. It, it's obvious kind of where they're going now. This This little cute baby dragon thing is born and one side, oh, dragons are just terrible. We need to kill it. And the other side, no, dragons are just misunderstood and yada yada and this dragon's supposed to rule us all or something like that and it's it, it's clear kind of where they're going with that I, I thought about that with the reptilian discussion there mm-hmm. but yeah just watch that trailer when you get a chance it, it's yeah very yeah. telling Something else that's really interesting, too, and, and I heard this just the other day listening to a podcast. I don't remember which one or I would give them credit, but <laughs> I'm I'm Irish, Irish English, uh, mostly English, but Irish. And so I really did a deep, deep dive into Celtic and Druidism and studying a lot of that, all that kind of stuff. And but there is a, a, a period of history in Britain where there is no other character but Arthur and people for years. I, I didn't really connect this until this podcast but you know what his last name is pendragon yeah arthur pendragon oh, wow so yeah wow. exactly so you have the king of all kings in england who is everybody's other than maybe king um alfred the great yeah other than alfred the great king arthur whether he was real or not is one of the most esteemed kings in England and shows the tie to the royalty and the dragon blood, so to speak, through yeah. through even even there. So um wow. so, so about the reptilians, the reason I brought that up is because of uh some of the podcasts we were listening to with you and that got me really thinking about trafficking and, and your podcast you did before, the last one about trafficking, um was awesome. And I I really kind of just want to go there because that's something that really does touch my heart. I haven't had anyone really personally involved in it. I've had friends that have had people uh, personally involved in it, uh, almost taken in and stuff. And we did lose our son at Six Flags. Thank goodness uh, this pastor found him at one point in time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's yeah. heartbreaking. Well, yeah, he, that's he, scary. he walked up to the guy and said, My mama's lost. <laughs> oh. Hey, my unrefined friends. I just want to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us, and, and I, I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. But see, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members only group things that are coming in our members only group that are going to just blow your mind not to mention there's going to be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel so make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members only community i just can't stress the fact that you know we're after building a community and 
there's there's so much out there you guys and there's so much coming i really believe we need to build these strong communities of christ followers to to be able to handle what might be coming in the in the future days we're sure that you'd be a good fit and we cannot wait i can't wait to see you there Anyway, back back to to the the trafficking thing. Uh, before Trump was elected, about the time Amy, I think you were getting awakened back in two thousand, probably fourteen or or around wow. around that time period. Uh, after Trump got ele- before Trump got elected, I started having dreams, and Lindsay's heard this story before. I, I had a habitual dream of children in chains begging to be freed and it petrified me and it, it happened oh several times several times i mean this is why i can't get away from the supernatural it just it i mean even in my salvation experience it it, it it's always comes to me so to speak i don't go looking for it anyway right but, but I had this dream and then trump got elected and then the whole pizzagate came out and then uh I, I followed all that and went down that. I mean, that's what really pulled me into a lot of this like red pill type experience. I was already kind of, I've listened to coast to coast for years, but that and, and Lindsay introduced me to sword and staff and glory creatures hat tip for both those guys. They're two good podcasts. Um, that really pulled me in. But what, but what really got me, uh, Amy was I was looking at, uh, Podesta, John, is it John Podesta who yeah. released the emails? Okay, what was his brother's name? Yep. Uh, Tony. Tony had artwork yeah. that had yep. children in chains, and that that blew my mind. That that, that was like my dream. You know, that was right. like the, the experiences wow. that I was having in my dream, and I'm like, I know this is just legit. You know, I mean, this is oh this my is gosh. what's so. That's what led me into this, and so trafficking has always been my heart around all this. And, and I don't know how to help because I think they're still formulating. I think with this movie that's come out, they're still trying to figure out how to you know, formulate it. And we can go to the movie. We can talk a little about the movie later on too, if you want to. But, but uh, even before that, there's people that are, there's not enough people trying to really address this in a, a way that really is helpful, you know? And then, right. And then I think you have infiltrators that go into it that, that are that are you know act like they care and they really don't. They have an agenda, you know, kind of like yep. witches going to churches, so to speak, and <laughs> and stuff. So anyway, so Amy, tell us about trafficking <laughs> your heart for it and and uh, oh. what what do you think's going on and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I think I've shared with you guys before that was kind of p- part of my red pill because. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. Uh, just being in Haiti and really seeing, being kind of boots on the ground in the trenches, like seeing how it all works. Um, and the Lord really brought up some of my previous conversations with some of the people there and tied that into those WikiLeaks things with the Clintons and the trafficking and stuff. And so that's when I was like, whoa, like this stuff is real. Um, I have firsthand experience. It's not hearsay. It's not something I read on the internet. I've, I've literally walked and talked and and been in these areas where the trafficking has taken place. Um, Mm. it is my heart. And even, even making the post I did about this recent movie coming out, I got so much backlash and, and my, and, and, you know, people are like, are you a pedophile supporter? Are you, and it's, and that's, that's where I'm like case in point, 
This is exactly what they want us to do. They want to highlight this horrible problem that's very real, but then they want to get everybody heightened and excited and pitted against each other and then leave us kind of hanging. Okay, so now what? Do we support the our organization, which he's um, Tim Ballard is is a Mormon. I mean, I don't support religions that aren't following Christ, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, God in the flesh. I don't. That's a pagan religion. Well, and it's a Mormon religion. I mean, a, a yeah, ma- it's a, cult. A, a Mason religion too. Huge. Yes. I mean, anyway, it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and and Jim Caviezel is a Roman Catholic. I mean, he's. I don't know how you get away from that. If you are a Bible believing Christian, now those that aren't claiming to be Christians, then, you know, they don't know what they don't know, right? Like forgive them father. They know not what they do that I'm talking about people that know the Bible, know God, know Christ. We have got to look at this for something more. And so kind of going back to the trafficking stuff for me personally, that was where I was like sitting back and I was like, okay, you know, this is the, why, are they doing this now? Why are they highlighting this now? Yes, it's bringing exposure, but now what? What's it bringing exposure to? How do we fix this? How do we pray for them? How do we move from here? Who is making money off of this? Like, these are the questions I asked because when I was in Haiti and even in Costa Rica, I worked with, um, you know, a safe house where these people, I saw firsthand how they operate. I saw firsthand how these people operate set up as organizations that come in to help. They have a very nice dressed woman or man who present themselves from the organization. They take these kids. You never hear from them again. You have no idea what happened to these kids. And so, you know, we're getting intel and information in both Haiti and Costa Rica saying these are fronts. They're fronts. And so I can't step away from that aspect of it. I can't sit there and say, oh, clap, clap, clap you know, this is wonderful. Wait a second. Why is it being glorified and elevated and presented in the way that it is and who is behind it? So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, it's very dear to my heart and it's very personal. In fact, a a little story, um, that I have when I did work down in city Soleil, which is one of the biggest slums in the world. I think it's like the third slum in the world next to like India and one other, but, um, you know, when that Haiti earthquake came in, it just ravaged that place and their, their infrastructure was not, you know, meant for that. Um, I actually think that was actually a a very sinister plot, um, by the governments of the world to do that, but (laughs) that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Um, I mean, think about harp. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Won't go yeah, there. I could do it down there. Boom. We'll go there. We'll shoot that rabbit later. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And so you, I was down there and the amount of children, you guys that were in this slum, I mean, there wasn't enough parents, there wasn't enough adults and they couldn't take care of these kids are running around. They've got no diapers on. They're screaming for attention. I mean, there was a point where I had a little girl in my arms and all they want is to be held. Mm-hmm. And I picked up this little girl and I was sweating. It's hot. It's humid. It's like 90 degrees, like a hundred percent humidity. Right. And I look at my friend at one point, cause this little boy is putting his little arms up. He could have been no more than two. And he's like, please pick me up too. You know? And I looked at my friend and I said, I just don't think I can pick him up. And 
she's like, well, you don't have to. And then something in me was like, pick him up. I picked him up. She hoisted him up on my shoulder. And within seconds, those two were dead asleep. They were so exhausted and so tired from this life that they've lived. And these people would come in the UN, the Clinton Foundation, organizations, orphanages, and they would come in and they'd say, hey, we'll give these kids a better life for you. We'll, we'll take them off your hands. We'll pay you for them. They have no documentation. They have no parents left alive. If, if they do, they don't care because they probably have like 10 kids trying mm-hmm. to survive mm-hmm. and they're gone and they never see them again. And I had true firsthand witnesses telling me these stories in Haiti. So when this all came up and it was directly tied to Haiti, my, my heart was like very into it. I was like, wow, I got to look into this more because I have personal ties and emotions to that country. Um, so yeah. So yeah. What do you, I mean, you, you answered this question a little bit. It's, it's third world. And I would imagine even some developing countries are targeted too, but, but what is it about Haiti that, that makes it such a target for these people? Do you think other than the third world? Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, they, you know, I, one of the times I was there, I went through their kind of history museum that they had, and it is still very, very poor. Um, the Dominican Republic is, is a little more, you know, kind of touristy and stuff, but Um, and it told a lot about their history in this museum and their very rich history. I mean, they had a lot of goods and, um, and things that they could offer, you know, resources. And so this was back in the day, you know, like when the church would come over and try to like help them and stuff like that, they were very much, um, targeted from a, from the very beginning just for their resources. And under the, the guise of the Roman Catholic church, these priests came over and they started to kind of, they'd made them slaves and did horrible things to these people. And, um, that's why they started voodoo because it was their way of getting back and kind of taking back control. Right. Um, and then moving forward, you know, the Clintons had some stake in Haiti. They would go down there quite often for voodoo practices. Ironically enough, um, you can find articles about that online. Um, and I think they realized there is a untapped um, region here where we can, you know, capitalize on the fact that they're poor, they're uneducated. Many don't even, I mean, this is going to sound outlandish, but one organization that I worked with that was really great, Healing Haiti, they had this set up, the, the women didn't even know the basics about getting pregnant. They'd had no idea. Because wow. they were so unet, yeah. And so imagine you've got these people who have really just they're just poor and uneducated, and they've been persecuted for you know decades, centuries, and yeah. so they've never seen an earthquake. I mean, one of the guys that I that we were working closely with was like, I remember the earthquake. It started rolling. We had no idea what it even was. We had never seen an earthquake before, and. I do think that there's something about the melanated children with, you know, the black children and their blood. I think I I can't prove it and I don't know why, but I do believe there's something that these evil people seek out in that melanated, um, in the melanated children. Um, and I can't prove it. Like I said, I don't really know. So kind of to answer your question, Lindsay, is I think that it was just on many different facets it was just ripe for the picking for these evil, evil people. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, it, it's been going on for years, though. I mean, I remember growing up. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. I, I think Amy, we're, we're we're probably about the same age or similar age. I remember on the milk cartons, all the missing kids and and all that kind of yep. stuff. And, and even even now, we really don't have an accurate number of how many kids go missing a year. And right. and you know, it's it's to me, it's like the whole national park thing that baffles me that that a government agency hmm. doesn't know how many people go missing in national parks. I mean. Cause they don't right. communicate and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, just kids that go missing. And then this really got me is the whole Wayfair thing where they were selling, you know, furniture for like 30 and $40,000 named after missing people and yep. missing children. And, and, you know, their reaction to it is what really kind of cemented it. If they would have just left it alone and said, no, that's not what that is. But they immediately pulled it and, and erased it. It went down the internet hole and, yeah. And uh yeah, that was uh and in that video that, that that talked about that and that talked about In and Out Burger and talked about all the all these different things, it went down the internet hole. It got flushed. I mean, you can't even find it anymore. Yeah. And uh right. so yeah, I mean this is uh a lot more organized. This this is what I guess breaks my heart. And this is a, a criticism of the of the church which i am a part of i will uh, i will admit that i'm not going to criticize them and not me is we are so busy fighting about peripheral stupid stuff that the enemy has a plan focus and strategy and, and we don't i mean we don't even have and this right. is really dear to my heart we we don't even have a strategy to win the world I mean, wow. we've gotten away from it, and, and, and Lindsay and, and, and Sandy and I, we, with with other with the missionary group and other groups, we we attempt to try to promote people to make discipleship. Uh, how do you say it? Multiplicative? Yeah, I guess that's how you'd say it. Where it multiplies, <laughs> and yeah. and that's the only way to win the world. What we're doing with addition and what we're doing with just uh, you know the one mega church that grows to two thousand people and stuff. That's the population is growing too far, too too fast for it to, and there's too much, you know, out there. Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, is that we are are focused on the wrong things as the church, and the kingdom of darkness is organized, right? And I'm not giving it glory. I'm not giving it glory at all because, you know, it's doomed, and we've read Revelation and all that stuff. But I, I still think though. And this is shade tree, what I call shade tree theology. I still think, though, that the enemy, the Satan, whoever he is, whatever, Saturn, whoever, is a pathological liar and he believes his lies. And I think he believes he's going to win this battle. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a creature just like we are. So he could be, obviously, he can sin and he can have psychoses. And I, I think that he thinks he can win. And you know, and, and he doesn't have the power that God does. And God is sitting here, you know, instead of him just taking over and doing it all himself, he's wanting us to grow up and raise up where we can fight this to be able to rule one day. And it, right. it, it's, it's all, you know, it, it's all a training. We're in a, a training process. That's why he leaves us here instead of just, you know, after we're saved, he, he doesn't take it straight to, you know, the afterlife right. is, we're we're here to learn and we got to we need yeah. to learn we need to grow up and, and show up you know and exactly i love what you said i mean if i can just interject to yeah. your point 
like I just got finished studying and teaching the book of Joshua. And, you know, it, it really struck me. Many things did in that book. But one of the things that I learned as well is God doesn't need us, but he chooses to come into fellowship with us to mm-hmm. carry out his plan. And so, yeah, will we, will we be saved? And, and if we believe in the Lord and we love him, but we, but we don't do much. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, we probably will, but we're still going to going to receive rewards in heaven. I mean, and if you truly love the Lord and you want to see his kingdom further, then no matter what, you're going to get active and involved and you can't go on a battlefield and not even realize you have an enemy. You're going to get peppered with all sorts of darts and you're going to have no, and and bullets and you're going to have no idea what and where they came from. And so, I mean, I've been refined in just my six or seven years of even doing this Instagram stuff. In fact, I'm in a, in a pruning and a purging stage, if you will, because I want to now bring in more of the hope and the gospel of Christ and really need to bring it to this point of balance where, okay, yeah, we see this evil. Yeah, we see this dark, but what do we do about it? What do we do as Christians? Um, do we go and see this movie and get enlightened to the fact that, yeah, child trafficking is real. Hello. We know that. But are we just then giving our money back to the system that is, in fact, the ones um, responsible for all of this? Like, we'd be we'd be totally remiss if we did not ask those hard questions. Um, so yeah, gets me kind of fired up. So if I sound a little intense, no, 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 yeah, I, I <laughs> it's under- because it's yeah. Dear I understand. I understand. I mean, I've had I've had pushback too. I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, from from friends and relatives and stuff like that. You know. That just uh, you can't understand that we have to ask that why question, and we have to ask hard questions sometimes. Uh, I do think, yeah. though, I will say this uh, about that that movie. I do think that, and, and and I say this all the time that Jesus is a maverick, and I mean that in a in a in a good holy way. He's a maverick. He could take this and use it for good, and he and he probably Amen. will. So, you know, he likes Amen. to he loves to thwart. And and there's there's somebody out there. It says it like this: that uh, God can win with a pair of twos. And so, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say about that is that that yeah. So it can have some redemptive purpose. It can do some good, and God wants that to happen. But what He wants right. to see happen is the the church needs to be the one that's that, that's doing doing this. You know that that. Yeah. And we need to do more than just watch a movie and get mad. And right. And uh, right. And and that's part of the dialectic, though. You know the Hegelian. He, how do you say it? Uh, Hegelian. Yeah, Hegelian yeah. dialectic. Mm-hmm. You know they they want to pit us against each other, just like with the races yeah. and the and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so true. Yeah, this is just such a huge topic. We could talk about this for you know hours, and I don't I don't want to do that. We can't today, but something I do want to hit on. Um, Lindsay, do you have anything before I go on to the? The next topic is there anything you want to ask her that no i was just going to add to something you you said earlier the 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 devil yeah on on the devil side of it too he overplays his hand all the time so something about this movie if it's his plan could could still backfire sure yeah yeah just to have an, a positive spin on it you know and 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 uh you could we could still believe what we believe and still have hope like you've been talking about Amy that that you know interject the hope that God is still in control he doesn't meticulously control everything I don't believe that I, that's just not my theological camp 
but I do believe that that P is still on his throne and he's working towards a plan and he needs us to participate in that plan. That's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for us right. to, to, Amen. To, to step up to bat and to do what we need to do. All right. Yeah. Well, along, I mean, you've been touching on this issue through the entire uh, episode and I've been asking different guests this question because honestly, it's very selfish because I'm trying to formulate a doctrine or a theology of this myself. And I'm asking just people from like all over the place from, you know, uh, uh, I asked a, a lady we had on here a, a, a few weeks ago. I've asked, uh, uh, I'm going to ask Gary Wayne when we have him back on and it's different, different people, but I want to know, how, Amy, what is your method of discernment? How do you discern? What, what is, uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm going to use the word procedure, but I know it's not as clear cut and as linear as a procedure, but you must have some sort of a method that you use to discern. Uh, and that goes back to like the woman at the beginning. I mean, you were, we were hinting, there's so many different theories out there. People are like, yeah. oh, there's so many different ones. Uh, how do I discern, you know, uh, what's important about this that I need to get out of it, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. So, so can you kind of give us a, a brief teaching on, on sort of how, how you do it? What do you, what do you do? That's a great question. I love that. Um, because it, it is, I think to start with, I think that, um, we have to realize that discernment and wisdom and kind of this fine tuning with the Lord comes with practice. It comes with failure sometimes too, a lot of times. That's important. And, you know, and so we've got to just keep this humble, teachable spirit. I'd like to preface with that because I mean, my discernment and wisdom has come increasingly more since I got sober over the last seven years, but like it's come with a closer walk with the Lord and the, and the denying of flesh and the having Mm. a humble spirit. So, um, and it's, it's, been refined. Like I said, it's just like with anything, it takes practice. It takes really understanding how the Lord speaks to you. And the number one thing he speaks to us through is his word. And so Mm. when you're trying to discern a, you know, that video, for example, I always tell people, my clients, um, people in my Bible state, I say, sit back, wait, pray, because this is that holding principle that is called self-control. It's a fruit of the spirit. So you need to step back, you need to pull back and you need to pray about it. You need to, to ask the Lord to show you the truth and the, if there's confusion in it, if you should accept it or reject it as knowledge and, and truth. And I think this is so lacking in our society today, even in the Christian in, in with Christians is because they're so knee jerk because they've been conditioned in this fast paced society of click, like comment whatever, that they don't sit back, they don't wait, they take it as truth, they jump on board, and immediately they're, you know, caught up in this emotional response to things. And this is not a disciplined walk with Christ. It just isn't. So that's kind of my first thing on that. Now, moving forward from there, there are times where you need to seek wise counsel. And what do I mean by that? That means people that are mature Christians that you know, that you walk with, that you have a relationship with. I have a couple of people, two, three people. I mean, I consider you guys that where I, if I had a really deep question about something, I would go to them and say, Hey, 
Can you either A, pray with me on this or B, what is your opinion about this after kind of praying and seeking the Lord? This is this idea of self-control, the fruit of the spirit, right? Pulling back, waiting, praying, not jumping in to the pool right away, you know, head first. Like this is part of the conditioning that the enemy has used, especially with Christians, um, that has conditioned us to be this kind of knee jerk reaction. Um, and when we are pulled by our emotions in every situation, we are not going to see and discern things for what they are. Well, so, and to interject there, I, 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 I've done that and I've seen others. And honestly, what it ends up doing is it makes us look stupid to the world, to people who are yeah. outside the faith that we're not, you know, that we just jump right in there. I mean, I can give an example there's, and I don't know if you buy this or not, but there's a, there's this widely held myth that the, I don't like monster and it might be done by demonic type stuff or whatever, but there's this whole thing that's basically these three those three scratches equals six 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 because they're three hebrew tiles and see what's so crazy is that lady doesn't even have a fundamental understanding of the hebrew in the bible in the book of revelation it's not six 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 it's written in 666 which has an entirely different edition Mm -hmm. of gematria or whatever in it so here here she is she puts this up and and I know she I know her heart her heart is great you know but it looks stupid because anybody with any sort of ancient language just just looks at that and says that's just off base that's not right you know yeah it's us it's what you call pareidolia it's you seeing something you're seeing Bigfoot in the woods and all it is is limbs you know and right and, and so that's why I'm so I, I like what you're saying here about self control because when we just jump in. And it become and we jump into our echo chambers sometimes too with our other other friends and other people and we uh you know we uh we 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 work together but there's not enough dissenting voices to sharpen what we're doing so anyway I'll let you keep going sorry I just wanted to interject that yeah no I love it and and thank you for interjecting with that because you're absolutely spot on I mean this is part of the problem like I said it's this kind of evil ploy and and albeit. It's a good ploy by the enemy. He gets us so conditioned to this online, et cetera, that everything's rapid fire. Mm -hmm. And we are not executing in the maturity of a strong Christian and saying, no, wait a second, I'm going to stand back. I'm going to wait. I'm going to pray about it. How about that? And ask the Lord to give me wisdom and discernment and say, Lord, should I accept this as something that's truthful or should I reject it? Because it's not. And that's a simplistic one, the woman on the plane. But I mean, we can apply this holding principle to everything in our lives, whether we're making big decisions mm. or whether, you know, we need to do certain things in our lives. And it's a sign of a mature Christian. So coupling that, um, we know that the Lord speaks to us through his word. And that is the primary way we can get confirmation and discernment as well, because we know, just like you and I talked about before, Brandon, when you you brought up the verse about bewitchment from Galatians. And I said, oh my gosh, I was just reading that. And that was confirmation in my spirit and discernment and wisdom because why it came from God's word. Mm -hmm. And so that discernment 
you know, comes from his word. And then I think a couple of other things is, you know, there's times where we've got to seek godly counsel. And what do I mean by that? I mean, someone who's mature, who's executing mature fruit, goodness, kindness, love, self-control. I just can't say that enough. That is such a huge Absolutely. one I, in my eyes. That is a hobby you know? horse for me. Yes. No meanness. Yeah. I mean, it's like just because you know a lot right. of Bible doctrine, but if you're mean, I don't want to talk to you. Sorry. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> right. Where's that heart posture of love? Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and so, so when you see this, it's like, um, you, you want to have those people in your camp and sometimes it's only two or three that you go to. Don't go to just anybody online or some random and look for wisdom and discern. They're not, they're going to give you worldly advice or skewed advice. So have those few people, um, in your camp. And here's the thing, you're going to fail sometimes. I, mm. I recently was in a partnership and a relationship where I saw the Holy spirit and I ignored it. And I didn't know if it was really, really the Lord, if it was me saying, Oh, you're just being mean, Amy, or, Oh, you're being judgmental and coming out of that experience. I can now look back and say, there you were God, there you were there you were. And so through that experience, the Lord equipped me and fine tuned my, my discernment, but I had to go through it, guys. I had to go through it. Mm. And so, so don't give up. This is my advice. And my hope is don't get, give up and get discouraged. Um, oftentimes we have to go through trials and tribulations because it's an equipment. It's an equipping period. It's a time of, of learning and training like a soldier or an athlete. We've got to go through that to get to the other side, to be wiser and sharper and more discerning by the Lord. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that I, I have a guy that uh, I spent time on Saturdays and I was just sharing with him. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, the whole sanctification process and, and, mm-hmm. and I even brought up the, the Torah and some stuff I was been going through with, with stuff like that. And, and I said, you know, it's, it's all about practice. It's, it's about, yeah. it's about effort. And, you know, when, when, when the team is practicing, the coach is not out there, you know, trying to, uh, like they're earning merit, you know, to be the best player. That's, that's the game, you know, and, and God is, is, is wanting us to practice. And if you practice, if you screw up, you know what, you get back up, you dust yourself off and you do it again. And if we saw God like that as a, as a, teacher and that's even what the word chastisement means in the scriptures it doesn't mean like you know to a cost or to it's it's to discipline in the sense of he he wants to run alongside of us and be an encourager as we train as we practice you know how to be like jesus and that totally shifted my whole because then i don't feel the pressure of guilt and condemnation when i fail i realize hey right i screwed up lord i screwed up and next time I'm going to do it better. I'm going to learn from a mistake. And Amen. that is, well, that's the, I mean, that's what's so precious to me about the blood of Jesus and about him paying for our sins is I, I can do that. There's, there's, there's a wide open. I always see the kingdom of God as like a wide open field that we can just like, like you see in the, uh, the movie gladiator, like Elysium, it's like wide open and, and get, and God's like, just go and learn and, and make mistakes, fail. and and, you know, do all that, that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, it, it's not going to cost you heaven because you're my child. Right. Right. It's, yeah, it's about that heart posture. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, even taking it back to the book of Joshua, like you see Joshua, 
not coming before the Lord and seeking him, um, you know, or, or following, I mean, there's a couple of examples I'm thinking of, but the one where they made the, the covenant with the Gibeonites and they weren't supposed to make any covenants with the people of the land, right? They were supposed to drive them all out no matter what. And yet what did God do? He made beauty from ashes because they Mm -hmm. kept their word and they swore Mm -hmm. on the name of God. And so I think that can even tie back to the movie. Yes. Can God do make beauty out of ashes? Yes. Can he make, you know, good things from things that the enemy intended potentially for evil? Absolutely. But I think as we grow and we mature in Christ, we've got to get back to this idea of, okay, Lord, I know you can make good out of mistakes, but, but let me try to get, not go there, you know, let me try to seek you first and walk in that will, that perfect will of yours before making that mistake. And then having to have you kind of get me back up again and kind of move me into, and that, that comes with maturity. Yeah. It comes with time, you know, just like you said. And just, it just never giving up and just getting back up. I mean, to me, it's, it's like uh, spiritual muscle memory. You know, you work out, yes. you get muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And so we need to exercise our spiritual muscles with the disciplines and, and our relationship with him. And then we get muscle memory. So our first reaction is a the reaction that, that we want us to have. I mean, I, I, I used to, I, I've even told Lindsay this. I said, what happens to me is, is something will happen. I'll get irritated or mad, and then I'll cycle through it, and then I'll end up doing the right thing. I want to get to the place where my, my spiritual muscle memory is where I immediately do the right thing. And I think that's, right. that's the object of, quote, perfection. And I hate that term, but that's the biblical term for it, is, is a wholeness of getting to the place where the right decision, radical, costly obedience just happens instantaneous. Like you see in the, in the life of Abraham, you see that, that yeah. it doesn't have to, I don't have to make a wrong turn before I make the right turn. Is is what I'm doing wrong? Right. Wrong? No, I, I'm I'm not sinning. I mean, God is happy with the way I am, but but I'm like His child, and so He wants me obviously to grow in maturity to where that muscle memory kicks in and I do the right thing. I always joke all the time about I learned to drive on a stick shift, and even now, Amy, <laughs> uh, thirty years uh, after I've learned to drive, or actually longer than that, thirty five. Gee whiz. Anyway, uh, thirty five years after I've learned to drive. I still, if I get in a tight jam driving, I still go reaching for the stick. Yeah. And it's <laughs> muscle memory. It, it's 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 so ingrained. And I think that's why the body is so important in our whole spiritual process, too. A lot of Christians like to be Gnostics and just yeah, on the body. But the body is where we, we where we store those those either ruts that are bad or ruts that are lead to good behavior. You know, and that's why brain science and all that stuff fascinates me. But anyway, I won't go there. But uh, any other tips for discernment? I mean, you have some more to say? Well, I mean, just to kind of to finish up on what I was saying, I I like what you said, because it does tie back to this renewing of the mind and this sanctification process. And um, that is part of becoming more wise and discerning is coming back with a humble stance and saying, okay, Lord, you know, uh, I'm tired of learning the hard way, like teach me the right way. Because I had a coach, I played basketball and I was a basketball coach for many years, but, um, and I had this one coach though, growing up and I loved what he said. It really resonated with me. He said, don't just practice, practice perfect, like Mm. do it the right way first. So you don't practice the wrong way and your biomechanics and, and how you're shooting or how you're dribbling or whatever 
um, you don't want to practice it the wrong way, right? Perfect practice is what he kind of said. And I think there was more to that, but I forgot. Oh, I know. What <laughs> it was it, so I, long I, ago. I know, I know what it was. But you know what I mean? It, 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 what it, is it? Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect, yeah, practice, perfect makes practice makes perfect. Practice perfect. makes perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. And and is that not true though? Because Absolutely. we could be practicing yeah. the wrong way and, and our shots off and our mechanics are off. And you're like, why am I never hitting the threes? You know, it's because you're not, you didn't practice the right, go back to basics, start over with the Lord, you know, turn those hands over and say, okay, teach me God. Cause you're the one that teaches me. You are my wise counsel. So anyways, that was kind of a funny little story, but yeah, that, I think it rings true. Well, that's what, that's what's <laughs> happening with me right now. I'm, I'm at almost 50, yeah. 50 learning to play the guitar. And one of the things, the tips that they give you, and we don't realize this is when you're learning a scale, you learn it really slow first. That way you're learning it correctly. And and what is somebody right. like me who's a shredder? I, I want to go in there and I just want to play it real fast, play it real fast, play it real fast, because that's the object. Yeah. And I'm not patient enough just to go, duh, 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 you know, like that. And and yeah. where it will be perfect practice instead of just willy-nilly, so to speak. So Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. You can apply it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's why too, it's important to be begin to see ourselves uh, walking like Jesus and to use the scriptures to, to see, you know, what would it look like if I walked like Jesus? You know, I, I spent like right. a month or two putting myself in the healing stories and what would, the, what would it look like if, if I did healing like Jesus did? And, and people were like, oh, you're going to you know, be presumptuous and say you're like Jesus. I'm like, well, here's reality. Theologically, he lives inside of me. So, right. uh, you know, in the Old Testament, you, 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 you flee from the lepers. In the New Testament, you go towards the lepers. And that's, hmm. that's the, uh, you know, teaching of Jesus. And I want to walk, if I want to walk in the same uh, uh, power that he walked in, the same character, the same everything, then I have to study him, focus on him, and begin to practice what he does. And right. it's so simple, so good. but it's so, it, but it's not easy. It's really hard, you know? No, it is hard. Yeah, it is. It's this constant fight against the flesh. And I think the more yep. we really I mean, Paul says it best, you know, and it's, it's never going to get to the point where we're going to be like, ah, I, I arrived yeah. until Jesus returns and he makes all things right. And we have that glorified state, but like, you know, it's progress, not perfection, but we need to be progressing because if we're not, if we're not growing and we're not maturing and we're not seeing, you know, the Lord's, you know, give us that wisdom and discernment, then we need to reassess and say, okay, God, maybe there's, maybe I'm not practicing, maybe I'm not doing this right. Mm -hmm. And it's not about works, but it is about a humble, um, servitude and a humble state of mind. And it is a partnership. I mean, we have, we are in partnership with the Holy spirit. It is not a one way street. We mm -hmm. can't sit back and kick up and, you know, kick our feet up and play video games all day. Like if we want to grow and, um, you know, that's part of it. So, well, Jesus said it best. He said, I only do what I see the father doing. And that's important. And that yeah. was actually on one of our other podcasts. We, we talked a lot about that, about, you know, listening to the father and seeing what he's doing and then obeying. And that reminds me of that old, uh, experiencing mm. God study. When I first got saved, that really, it really helped me set me on a, a track for discernment, you know, uh, using the word yeah. of God, but then also allowing other ways that are based on the word of God for him to guide you, you know, and stuff like mm. that. So, Amen. yeah. So, um, something else I wanted to ask you, Amy, I was going to, uh, I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what it was though. So, 
not to let but that go. What you said about having two or three people to bounce things off of and go to with your problems, I, I think that's important. And it's not yeah. everybody to, I mean, just you're never right. going to be everybody's friend. You end up being right. nobody's friend. Um, and yeah. And also, Facebook or Instagram's never going to be that for you. I just know so many people who. They got to run and tell Facebook every time they have a problem yeah. and they get the worst feedback and wonder why. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're spot on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember what I wanted to tell you now, Uh, how I always couch it with the, I mean, obedience obviously is important. I mean, he created us and the Bible could be like basically simplified down to hear God and obey. I mean, that's basically from Genesis to Revelation. You hear God and then you obey him. And it's just so simple. It's hard. It's not easy, but it's simple. But there's a, a philosopher who since passed that I've, I really cut my teeth on when I was uh, newly saved, a guy named Dallas Willard. And uh, he used to say it perfectly like this. He, he said that God is not against effort, only merit. And what he meant by that mm. is that we need to do things to grow. God is not against the effort. He is against yeah. merit that we're trying to earn thing, you know, do these things to earn something with God. And I think some of that's where a lot of, some, a lot of grace teaching has gone off the rails is it, is it doesn't want it, to, it's almost become a form of quietism where you don't do anything. You sit there and wait for something to happen. And, that's why the world, in a lot of ways, is the way it is. The, the church is not doing what they're doing because they're either doing that or they're waiting for the rapture to happen instead of getting out there and occupy till I come. You know, right? So exactly, yeah. Spot on. Well, Amy, we have enjoyed our time with you again, and we appreciate having you Me on. Too. And uh, we're just so thankful that you are in our podcast sphere and mm-hmm. uh we, we we love we love your podcast and yeah i've really enjoyed we'll it to, yeah thank you yep. thank you so much so, yep it's been fun yeah so thank you so <laughs> much thanks for having yeah. me thank you guys. yeah yeah i appreciate it and i just i really appreciate you both and you know i support you guys and we'll be just sharing this um sharing podcast online and I just pray, you know, you keep on doing what you're doing because you're doing good. Thank you. Well, thank you. It means a lot coming from you. You're welcome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.